want to disappoint you by not having you shake hands. So let's sing that one more time. Shake hands with somebody. Say, God bless you, brother, sister. Oh, lean in, lean in. With some enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Little smile on your face. God bless you, brother. Nice to meet you. Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Well, we've achieved some good things. Some have a smile on their face already. Amen and hallelujah. As we bow our heads tonight, who would just like the Lord to speak to you? You can lift up your hand. He sees the hand, sees your heart. But Lord, tonight we want to worship you and love you. Father, to come to our last Sunday night of the year and be able to rejoice and give thanksgiving. Don't let it just be mechanical or lip service or going through the motions, but may you, the center of it all, put happiness in our hearts, put joy in our hearts, fill us with the Holy Ghost, give us rapturing faith, bless this church, bless their pastor. The musicians, the deacons, trustees, the brothers and sisters, the young people and old. Tonight we give you glory. Shout it from the mountaintops. Even with the angels that sing glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace toward men. Tonight we want to hear your word and be instructed. From thus saith the Lord. Take our lives tonight as brothers and sisters. Strengthen us to... Now hear the word together. Every single person here, may they be edified, strengthened, renewed, more than blessed. Just fill our cups, Lord, and let it be overflowing, God. Jesus, we love you. Bless those that are streaming on the internet service, Lord, the audience, those that aren't here. Bless your people. Give you glory. May the word penetrate down into our souls. And bring healing and deliverance and power to every believer and every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to the book of Psalms. You've been standing for a little bit. Thank you, musicians. Psalms 27, verse 10. I really like how uh, the musicians and everyone enters right in. They've even got microphones. 
to help Brother Ed's singing and things. And Brother Ed stepped up today and I heard someone else singing. I, th- I knew that wasn't Brother Ed. Amen. And either it's theophany had come in the building or somebody else was helping him. So nice to see you. I love you, Brother Ed. But he gets the last word, so I got to be careful. But we just really love Brother Hildebrandt, Brother Ed, and Brother Moses, and uh, these precious ones, Brother Andrew that's in Uganda. God bless him tonight. And Psalms 27, verse 10. Uh, this morning we were spoke on moving forward with greater spiritual capacity. Tonight we want to just close out this year speaking on Edmonton is waiting with enthusiasm. Psalms 27, verse 10 to 14. Let's read it out loud together as a congregation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. That was a wonderful song by our, uh, tonight that was sang by our sister. And um, we just want to see the Lord move in your life in a greater way. Verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I want to say tonight, Edmonton is waiting with enthusiasm. God bless you. You can have your hearts and your seats. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't sit on your hearts. Amen. Oh, my. Y'all bring out the worst in me. I don't, I don't act like this in Cloverdale. You know, I, y'all bring out something in me. that. <laughs> God bless you tonight. And I think our brother Mark's going to help us with the slides. Maybe I just want to greet you from my family again, if that's okay. We're not anybody special, but just to be remembered before you and uh, so that you can see that there's a part of us that love you. And uh, I I just want to make this personal to End Time Message Tabernacle. When I speak about Edmonton, I'm not speaking about people shopping at West Edmonton Mall tonight or somebody out in the uh, world. I'm speaking about you. And just make it like a prayer. Edmonton is waiting with enthusiasm. So I want to take this kind of in two parts tonight. Uh, First is in waiting and just speak about that waiting a little bit, maybe to give someone some encouragement, if that's okay. And um, to just speak about waiting, maybe it doesn't mean what you thought it means. And then I want to speak about enthusiasm. Amen. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say... On the Lord. Now, where we got this service from was actually from a message from Shreveport, God's only provided place of worship, 1965. And it was in that place down there at Forest Lawn near Los Angeles. Brother Branham was talking about how 
there was a statue of Moses. Uh, Michelangelo had uh, made this as a sculptor, like a perfect sculptor of Moses. How many know that story? And there was like a statue that he had made and came down near the end. And, but on the right knee of this statue, there was a nick about a half inch deep on, on the leg of Moses. And the guide, Brother Bannum, was just going through this little tour and looking. And he pointed it out to me and said, Michelangelo had spent a lifetime of trying. He was a sculptor and trying to make the image of Moses. And back in his mind, he had in his mind what Moses should look like. And he had it in his heart what Moses should look like. And he spent his whole lifetime, he'd chisel a little bit here and he would rub it a little bit and then he would stand back and look at it and year after year after year he worked on it. Sounds like the bride of Christ. Finally, when it was completed, he stepped back and he laid down his rag and his hammer and he looked at the statue. It was so perfect, the image of Moses, that what he had in his heart till he just got beside himself and he grabbed the hammer and he struck it and he hollered, speak! And it's called Michelangelo's masterpiece. That great something in that sculptor, that vision that he had of what Moses ought to be was only portraying in type the great father God. Because God had in his mind and in his heart before the foundation of the world, because he was a father, that he would make man and women in his image. And down through the ages, God has been building and molding. And, 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 and finally, it brought us to this paragraph I want to share with you. One day down on Jordan, after that masterpiece had been formed and made, here he uh, comes sending down on the wings of a dove, said, this is him. Do I have your attention? He was so enthused with his masterpiece until he struck him on Calvary that he would die for the rest of us was imperfect. That through the shedding of his blood, let's all say his blood, he might bring many masterpieces being a bride to his son. He's talking about you and me, 2019. There might be a lot of flaws and imperfections, but little do you, do you understand that it's the flaw that makes you the masterpiece. It wasn't when it was all perfect and good and nice image that you say, wow, my work is done. It was the flaw that when he struck it on his knee and he said, speak. Some of you are looking at it all wrong. You're looking at the flaw in your life as a weakness or the crack, and you're always looking at that. Satan's got your mind twisted around the crack, but that's what makes it valuable. We would look at Christ dying on the cross as being bad and horrible and, and little do, it was releasing the bride when he struck him and said, speak. Let me bring it to our day. A prophet stood in this generation and was anointed under that ministry to speak a word. And little did you and I know he was speaking masterpieces. And tonight God is still speaking masterpieces. Hallelujah. 
watch this now. This is where we got this whole service. The masterpiece is scarred because the enthusiasm of God to see such a masterpiece. That's incredible. The enthusiasm of God to see such a masterpiece. He struck him for all of us. There he died to perfect we who are imperfect, the masterpiece. Hallelujah. To God be the glory that he being God being perfect could have a bride that would be imperfect to say that makes it a masterpiece. I mean, look at all of heaven and all the angels cannot worship him like the bride can. And yet we're still human and we look at ourselves Tonight I want you to look uh, at this, the word of waiting. And then I want you to look at the word enthusiasm, maybe just a little bit differently. And um, enthusiasm has to do with not someone that's just always charismatic and happy and bubbly and all of that. And, but it has to do with passion and fervor, if you want to write this down. Enthusiasm has to do with excitement and zeal and eagerness. And that was part of this enthusiasm that God has tonight is seeing the word that was promised for our day being fulfilled and brought to pass. God's excited. Hallelujah. I mean, I wonder if you can just capture that tonight because seeing it, having a personal revelation uh, of what God, what is uh, just God is doing. God is enthused to see you catching the revelation. You're you're finishing out the year, maybe thinking of your bank account or your job or your school, or whatever. You're getting older and things, and the wheels are coming off, and you just wonder. But God's enthused to see you catching the word for your day. Come on, friends. Most of us need a, a real attitude change. And just hold on to what I'm saying to you tonight. Just observe it a little bit. Participate in it. Just let it happen to yourself. Not just mechanics, but the dynamics. God gets excited to see his children finally growing up. Finally coming of age. Finally seeing a church that can have thus saith the Lord. God's not afraid of that. He wants you to have that. God wants a church this year that can move with the impulses of the Holy Ghost. God's excited. You know, I'm excited that after one year coming back to Edmonton, that there's still a church in Edmonton that loves the Word of God. And young people still love the Lord. And, you know, it doesn't take a minister but about 10 or 15 minutes to know how you're doing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just speak a little bit about him and see how the people respond. You know, and so God is passionate about his word. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is performing this. So tonight, let's just capture this enthusiasm of God. When he steps back and sees what was in a rock just laying out in the quarry, now finally coming to where it's manifested and it's starting to look like him, he gets excited. I want you to think about this tonight. Don't let it slip between your fingers. And this church has heard some of the best ministers on the face of the earth. Some of the best gifts of God has traveled through Edmonton. And I really wonder, as you look back over the years, 
Sometimes we let things valuable slip through our hands and we don't really value it correctly. In fact, it's a human weakness to always glorify the past and embellish the past and always think it was this and that and the other. But real Christians are desiring to seize the moment, catch the spiritual part, trying to understand the supernatural. Can I pray with the congregation tonight? Lord, reveal yourself to us and give us an enthusiasm about things that are important. So I don't want to repeat myself, but many times speaking of enthusiasm and someone that's enthusiastic, we speak we, we think of a certain individual or maybe people are enthusiastic or a certain church seems to be maybe more lively or a certain area. But tonight I want you to think like maybe a young girl or a young wife, a bride or a girlfriend would be enthusiastic in love. She's happy. You know, oftentimes little children or young people, they're carefree. And that's That's fine. But I wonder about God's enthusiasm. I want to turn your mind for a little bit to just capture what is the heart of God about the situation. I just want to be speaking to you tonight from the bottom of my heart. Sometimes we need to pray more like this. Lord, what do you think about the situation? We hold on to things. We get all twisted up on the inside. As humans... Is it okay for me to talk like this? Especially in this age, we become so self-centered and caught up in me and self and ours. But I wonder what gets God excited. I wonder what gets, excuse this expression, what gets God up and out of his chair? Hallelujah. You know, we can all be sitting there, sitting there, uh, unenthusiastically. But I wonder what gets God up and out of his chair. It's like, what moves the man in the balcony? Y'all remember the little the boy that was playing and playing and all oh, the crowd has just stood up and cheering and throwing hats and everything. And he just didn't seem to be given much attention. But he looked up in the balcony there and, and there was someone up there and just kind of gave him a thumbs up like this. And then he just was all happy. And they asked him the question, what are you looking up there for? He said, I was looking for the approval of my teacher. My superior, the one that had labored with me and, you know, someone that had just went through the hard times. I was waiting for their approval. And friends, we can have one another and people say, oh, you're great or you're wonderful. But there's nothing like God to be able to get excited. For the Holy Spirit to say, that's my bride. Look at her down there in Edmonton. Hallelujah. I want you just tonight, not with your imagination, but with your spiritual heart, capture the enthusiasm of God. I want him to get up out of his chair and say, yes. Hallelujah. What causes God's facial expression to turn to a huge smile? Think about that. Can you turn to Psalms 37, now verse 34? Amen. Or if you want to put it on the screen, Brother Mark, that's fine. Psalms 37, verse 34. I'm actually taking two services 
and putting them into one tonight. Just a few weeks ago, we spoke in our church on capturing the enthusiasm of God. And then after that service, I, on the platform, I, it was on a Wednesday night. We spoke on the enthusiasm of God. And one word kept coming to my heart after the service. And so I wrote it down. And that was one word, is wait. W-A-I-T. I went to my church office. Uh, we, we're, we work there in, in Cloverdale with Brother Bisco. And on, on the week as it started, I, I wrote it down in my office. Wait. At home in my home office, I wrote it down. Wait. In fact, I did something very unusual, Brother Marshall. I, I wrote it in capital letters and put it on my wall. Wait. I thought, Lord, you must be trying to say something to somebody. Isn't that amazing? Psalms 37, verse 34. So I'm bringing this thought of wait because Edmonton is waiting. What does that mean? Psalms 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Hallelujah. Then I'll repeat Psalms, our opening scripture. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Proverbs 20, verse 22. Can you put that up, Brother uh, Mark? Brother Mark is helping us tonight. Proverbs 20, verse 22. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, or I'm going to get back at somebody. Say not. Proverbs 20, verse 22. Chapter 20, verse 22. Say not thou, I will recompense evil. But wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. I just think it's incredible that Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, standing at the judgment, and everybody saying everything and every all kinds of stuff and spitting, and he said not a word. How many think that's incredible? I mean, enthusiasm. He was on his way to the cross. And he didn't call the lawyer and he didn't call 9-1 and didn't rally all the disciples and say, why don't you all just make a case? I didn't do nothing but good for you all and heal your sick and raise your dead. And he just said not a word. Well, that'd be a wonderful lesson for us. Uh, 2019 going into 2020, you know. Instead of having 911 speed dial on our phone or grandma or mama or whoever, the Lord Jesus is very quick to come and wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Isaiah chapter 40. Let's go to another scripture. Who loves the word of God? So if I read the word and quote the prophet, then I'm safe. All right. Isaiah chapter 40. Let's dig into the word a little bit. And if you get a little tired... Just understand that the Lord wants to increase your capacity. Hallelujah. Always positive. Brother John. Isaiah 40 verse 27. Because you might miss something if you doze off. Amen. Waiting. Waiting don't mean you're sleeping. Oh yeah, I got it. Hallelujah. You know. Oh my, I was thinking of something, but I'm not going to say it. I'm getting out of the way. Isaiah 40, verse 27. Here's an important 
verses of scripture that most of you know, but I'm speaking about waiting. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Stop saying that, in other words. Hast thou not known, hast thou not seen that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Hallelujah. Oh, let's read verse 29 again. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Hallelujah. Increase my strength, Lord. Even the youths or the young people shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But here's your verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Then teach us, Lord, how to wait. Okay, so he sends a Sunday night service through a little vessel teaching us how to wait. Hallelujah. Can we go back to our slides, Brother Mark? Teach us how to wait, Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 31, if you have your Bible open there. but uh, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I, I'm sorry, Brother Mark, but can you go back to that verse? I, I, I meant to have this and just make some points out of this verse. And Is that okay? Just wait on the minister a little bit. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I begin to think about this scripture about possibly why the, the reasons why people are not strong is they're not waiting on the Lord. Because the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Is that right? They shall run, a lot of running around going on, and not be weary. Then why are people being weary? They're not waiting on the Lord. They shall walk. And not be faint. We've gone through a walk. We've been on a journey. And you say, I'm feeling faint. Then the next question is, are you waiting on the Lord? Is that okay? The, the Bible says, they sh- that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Is that the reason people aren't strong or mounting up with eagles' wings and able to run and not be weary? and able to walk and not faint because they're not waiting on the Lord, then this deserves a little bit more of our time tonight. Look at it, Brother Mark, as we go back to our slides. I want you to look at this word wait then. What does it mean to wait 
Wait. Wait is not a passive word. It means to look for. I'm hoping. I'm expecting. Speaking about wait. It means I am waiting and I am waiting eagerly, but I'm looking eagerly. It literally means I'm lying in wait for. I'm looking for God to move. I'm looking for the miracle. I'm looking for the healing. I believe I'm lingering. I am lingering. Hallelujah. I'm lingering. I'm, I'm hanging around. We're in the message. We love the Lord. And on a Sunday night, you say, oh, we got a, enough this morning. Why are you lingering on a Sunday night? I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm getting strength for the journey. I, I need to run and not be weary. I need to walk in my Christian walk and stop fainting. You say, my, I feel so faint-hearted. I just, I, I lost revival. I lost my heart. Then I wonder tonight if we're waiting on the Lord. It means to collect. Let's bind things together now. Let's collect all of our gifts together and wait on the Lord. Edmonton. Edmonton is waiting. And this is not what I'm talking about. I've got three pictures here. This is not what I'm talking about. Say, what are you doing in your life? I'm just watching the sands of time just go by. You know, it wouldn't be this kind of phone. It would be a cell phone. I put in so many applications, Brother John. I put in so many. You know, I'm a good-looking guy, and I'm single, and I'm just waiting on her to call. And people, I'm just waiting on my wife. And you know, This is not what Brother John's talking about. Just so everybody understands. And, and believe me, sisters, I looked for a long time to find an appropriate picture of a lady waiting. It's, it's difficult. I'm being serious. They either got earrings, cut hair, some sort of top. I, I, I gave up. I said, I'll just give a public apology. I did, Sister Sandy. I, I looked and looked and looked. I Googled lady waiting, lady praying, and I'm sorry. It's true. There's nobody like the bride of Christ. I mean, would some of you get famous so when I Google it comes up your picture and I'll put it up there now? You know, most of God's people are simple, humble people. Okay, so waiting is not sitting around doing nothing. It's not a passive word. means I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm doing nothing word. It's an action it's an active part of the life of a believer. Let me go a little bit deeper here. Stretch some of your tent pegs here. It's actually part of the submissive role of a wife or a bride to our husband, our Lord Jesus, in that she waits upon him. I know it's unusual in North America to hear this, but a real wife waits on her husband. Not a doormat, but voluntarily. It's willingly. It's from a free heart. She waits upon her husband. It's contrary to the Laodicean spirit, but it's part of the rapture group's character. We are waiting. We are actively seeking God. 
We have faith in the unknown. We have patience in God's time. That's what the song was about that we so appreciated. In your time. You make all things beautiful. So tonight, I want to encourage you very nicely. Stop being lazy. It's not waiting around saying, I prayed about that. I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, you now you're hearing a preacher saying you might be lazy. It's, it means to be active. Hallelujah. Is this okay tonight? Yeah. Hallelujah. We're waiting on God. Now, tonight when, I, when we say wait, Edmonton is waiting. To some, it might be a warning. Wait. You're about ready to do something. Stop! You say, I got enough time. I'm going to make it through this intersection. Bless God. It's yellow, orange, and I'm, you know, I see the lights flashing. But many times God is trying to warn you of a decision you're about to make. And tonight, the Holy Spirit is saying, wait! In fact, to someone else, it might be a sharp command. You wait. To another person, it might just be a gentle nudge. Wait. To another person, it might be a shout out. Shout out. To another person, it's like a whisper. Wait. Wait upon it. Just wait a little bit. I'm about ready to make... A decision, and the Lord's saying, just wait. It's like an announcement. It's a, it's a word from a commanding officer that any soldier, when they're just waiting or watching for a word from their commanding officer in due season, and he says, wait. He's emphasizing something. Wait. You know, I wonder how many people down through the ages could have been spared a lot of hurt and a lot of damage and a lot of pain and suffering if they would have just heeded the word, what I'm saying tonight. Just wait. Just wait. Wait! It's incredible. But we're waiting in Edmonton. We're waiting, Lord, with enthusiasm. Here, here's our verse of Scripture and in trying to do God a service without his will, it's a very good service to hear. When all of this happens, let us now see what happens when God in his age and his time, that's a message all in itself. When God and his age and his time is not considered just the people's idea. Many people have said to me, why don't you come over here and hold a meeting? Well, we call for you. Sign this, that, or the other. Wait! exclamation. You might want it, but what does God say about it? Many people have said to me, I have had an invitation. I've had interviews, personal interviews and things. Waited for a year. Can you read on the screen? Wait! How will I know what to say until God tells me what to say? See, you got to wait. That's the reason I said write that out. Let me see what he said. See, wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How many want to be a people that wait upon the Lord? I mean, or do you always want to be a people that's hurt, frustrated, upset because you're always running through things? 
Let me just, one more before we move on to something else. He continues to say, same quote, Nor does the revival or does these things happen at the time that we think they ought to happen. Brother Ed, I wonder how many people in the message could have been helped a lot of hurt if they would have just heeded the words of the message. The revival and these things, they don't happen at the time that we think they ought to happen. We think it's this time right now. Glory to God. Brother Branham said, I notice in our chapters, talking about full gospel businessmen chapters, there's coming, there's coming right away. Hallelujah. Great revival. Don't be deceived. He has already come, and they did to him what was list, or what was listed. See, but they think there's a revival. Is it happening? No. No. There's a prophet saying, no. It's done and dead. It's over. Notice, this is lamp trimming time coming out and going in. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Then after hearing this kind of message tonight, all of us ought to be in Edmonton. I want to wait on the Lord. I want to be an individual, part of a family in our church where we're waiting upon the Lord. But how are you waiting on the Lord? Now, I'm bridging over to our subject, waiting on the Lord with enthusiasm. Are you always going to be the person that's just kind of your arms are folded and you're kind of in a bad mood and you're always sad? You know, you only see those people around when there's revival, big meetings, and, you know, when things are good, hallelujah. And, and, and they're not people that are through the year waiting and in, in the trenches and slugging it out. They just love a God of the good times. Well, he's God of the bad times. He's God of the mountain. He's God of the valley. And what we've learned over the years, it's better just to wait on the Lord. The question tonight for, in Edmonton here is how are you waiting on the Lord? It's been a long time, Brother Bob, hasn't it? A long time waiting on the, the Lord. We've heard, uh, Brother, our song leader said it tonight, but the Lord could come at any time. I've heard that from a little boy, born and raised in Jeffersonville. Just giving our testimony to Brother Marshall today while well, he was giving us his testimony. But for all these years, but for all these years, you, you just, as time goes on, you learn. You know, sometimes God is very clear, and I'm just going out now to some more good sound wisdom for you. Sometimes God is very clear and decisive, and we know that's the mind of the Lord. Sometimes we, uh, you know, it's like coming up to a green light uh, at an intersection and he wants us to go. There's no hesitation. It's like, let's go. And then other times, the yellow or green light, it means beware. Be cautious. Proceed with caution. Slow down. Not us in North America. A yellow light means slam on the gas and get through because... Is that right? And that's why most accidents happen at junctions. Crossroads. We've preached that here before. Crossroads, junctions, that's where most accidents happen. Curves in the road, watch out for black ice. 
Is that right? I mean, it's curves. It's junctions. Observe closely. Be prepared. And there's times when God is like a red light and you stop and you break. Let others go. It's time to let other people go. Can you all smile at Brother John? Amen. How are you at red lights? It's like, come on, come on, we got to go. Come on, everybody else is going. And, oh, man, how many's been in a light and nobody's going nowhere? You're sitting, sitting, and it's like the light's red and nobody's going. It's like, this light, let's put a roundabout here or something. But a red is good for our character. I'm talking spiritually. I'm not talking about Edmonton's traffic lights. Lord, help us. A red light is good for us as believers because it means let others go. Let others grow up around you. Be patient. Because we live a restless life. We live in a very nervous age. And it's unsettling. We need to be certain of God. I want to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 12. Can we put that on the screen if you'd like to turn to it? 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. This is a, just one verse out of the Old Testament. But are we doing okay out there tonight? With enthusiasm, we're just eagerly waiting for every word of God. We're just, wow, it's incredible. Wait on the Lord. My goodness, I was visiting a brother in our area, as you bring that up, Brother Mark, 2 Chronicles 16, 12, and he's in hospice care now. And I was visiting him the other day, and a couple other believers walked into the room whose relative was just up the hallway, also in hospice, and they said, Brother John, if that service was for anyone, it was for me. Well, I had a lot of people tell me that. Sometimes you're ministering for one, but it's for more than one. And you realize that was the mind of the Lord. Wait! And it was a husband and wife. She said, Brother John, we were about ready to make a decision coming up on the Friday. This is Wednesday night. And um, we were going to do a certain thing a certain way. And then the husband, you know, he chipes up, says, Brother John, I just didn't feel good about it. It's just you feel that inside. But I didn't say anything. (laughs) The Lord used the minister that night, you know. Didn't say anything, but I'm so happy that you preached on that because we waited and we didn't go ahead with it. Well, then I say praise the Lord. Here's another verse. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 12. And Asa in the 39th year of his reign, 39, was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceeding great. We'd say painful, obnoxious, it's horrible. Yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. Is that what the Bible says? It's it's amazing what one verse in the Bible can do for you. Here's a man, we'd say he was in the message, diseased in his feet, and his disease got really bad. Great. Yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. Now, this might help someone tonight. I don't know, but I'm going to say something. Jesus Christ is our healer. 
And every believer, bar none, should number one, seek the Lord first. Do we all agree? It's not, well, I'll go to the physician or take a pill or get a medicine. That's fine. But we ought to seek the Lord. In fact, I'm going to take it a little strong right here, and I'm going to say it offends the Lord when a person that calls himself a believer does not seek him first. Before the physicians. And as believers, we seek the Lord, and if it is possible, then the physicians. Did the point get across? Don't be guilty of being a person or in the church, sister or brother, that you're always running to take a pill or call the doctor, call the physician. You ought to be unloading that on the Lord first. The Lord is my physician. The Lord is our healer. Thank the Lord for medicine and doctors and nurses and chiropractors and osteopaths and all of that. And I have quotes right here, and I'm not going to read them for you, but Brother Bradham goes through all of that. Then he talked about divine healing and ministers. And he said, they ought not to be saying negative things about one another. A natural doctor saying, oh, the chiropractor this and the doctors that. They all ought to be supporting if it's helping the people. He said that in more than one place. We ought to be working together for the good. And what helps one person might not help another person. Say, why are you read that scripture, Brother John? Well, we need to wait on the Lord. We need to make life easier for someone. Let me just give you another little nugget. You know, you might only need one to kill Goliath tomorrow, but you, you might have five in your little satchel there, and you're just kind of rolling it around, and you're right now, you're just kind of saying, I wonder which one I'm going to use. Well, just reach in there and grab one of them. Hallelujah, but you reach down there and you don't have nothing. That's why I'm trying to put something in your little pouch tonight. Sometimes waiting isn't the most exciting time of your life. How long have you been waiting? It's not the most invigorating time. It might seem like nothing is happening. It might be a struggle to stand. I want to encourage you tonight. When you've done all to stand, stand then for. I just want to say right here now, let us pray for one another. Can we do that this week? This year, as a, let's pray for one another. Pray for ourselves that we would wait on the Lord individually. Stop getting so bored and falling asleep. And when you don't understand, when it don't happen right away, you just, okay, moving on. Well, you need to stop that. It's not good character. It doesn't. Cause God, excuse the expression, to get up out of his seat and say, that's my boy, that's my girl, to just see us fall all over the place. You might have to go through it again this next year. And it's better just to wait on the Lord and just a little nudge. Or a li and some of you are so hard-headed, it's like you need all kinds of signs and dee, 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 warning, warning. Can we pray more for one another? Let's pray for ourselves, but then pray for one another. Pray for our young people that they don't fall in the traps. Pray for our brothers in the church that they be better leaders. They have a little bit more guts and say so to say that's not going to happen in our house and we're not going to go that way. And God give our sisters the kind of character to wait on the Lord privately and alone. 
So when they come out into their role, that it's not so great of a struggle all the time and always trying to, you know, struggling with their position. Well, it's getting quiet. I better move along. It's so, in our age that we live in, it is so hard to find, now I'm going into another area, a place of quietness. It's so hard to find a place of solitude. Is this okay? To find a place that's quiet and where you can lay down your burdens, lay down your cares, and wait on the Lord. A place of quietness where you can tune into the right channel to where the right frequency just comes right in there. And you just tune it in a little bit. It's, in our age, it is so difficult to come to a place where there's no static, where you're hearing the voice of God, knowing the voice of God. Brother Branham had this in the Branham Tabernacle posted above the uh, pulpit. Most of you know this. Psalms 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. You believe the scripture? How many want to align yourself up with the word? Be still. Be still. But to bring a balance to that. That does not necessarily mean that you stop all activity. You do nothing. You're sitting around, waiting around, doing nothing. It's time to reach out. I found that many times people get restless in times of waiting. And we've all been challenged to know and how to live our Christian life. I'm following my notes really closely. To wait, uh, and this is so, so true, to wait in our carnal mind is such a nuisance. It's like such a pain sometimes. They just, we want to move on, something else that's quickly moving, something exciting, changing. Hollywood has already caught this. In scenes and any action, they always know that there's got to be movement and action and things. That's the carnal mind. We're believers. They that wait upon the Lord. You know what? Satan is such a loser. He's horrible. I was speaking on a Wednesday night and I was driving home. I just turned on the news. It's probably 10 o'clock news or 11 o'clock news. You know, Satan will do something for his people and make it a box office hit and caused trouble and it was just before they released this was a week or two ago the newest release of Star Wars movie and they were giving a disclaimer that in, a, in certain parts of this movie because of the lights and the action it will cause epileptic fits has anybody heard what I'm talking about? They were given disclaimers at the movie places, and this is coming right from the producer. Isn't that like the devil? He'll put a major Star Wars, yeah, gotta see the newest sequel, and then put a disclaimer. It could cause epileptic fits. 
Satan has tapped into the human mind by their lights and their movement and their action to know how to synchronize all of that. If that's the negative, what about the positive? We're ministers, men of God are trained by the Holy Spirit to bring a word, to get in behind the soul and spirit and speak a word in season. You grab a hold of that and say, that is thus saith the Lord. Where every thought and every action is thus saith the Lord. How does that happen? In in services like this, where God gives it to the people. I'm giving you a big disclaimer right now. If you believe what I'm telling you, you will be a stronger Christian. I just thought that was amazing. My wife didn't think it was very amazing. But, you know, coming home from church, you're listening to the news. But I tell you what, the devil is roaring like a roaring lion. And for them to say to their own people, be careful, it'll cause epileptic fits because we our lights and all that action, that's a bunch of nonsense. They've tapped into the, the human way of, of living. It's Satan coming into the people. And Brother Branham talked about lights and voices and people going through this room right now. And he said in Australia, somebody this and that, and that's where baseball game, football games, hockey is going through this room right now. This device right here could pick that up and I could project it onto that screen. I could capture a hockey player, a basketball player, a football player, some singer. My wife's from Australia. I could put her family right there right now and and they could talk to you. You say, they're in Australia. Brother Branham used the word Australia. They're going through this room right now. It just takes a little crystal. Well, now it's a little device. It's WhatsApp video or whatever. I mean, ask Brother Kevin. His wife is in the Philippines, and he'll go home, and he'll get all, and he'll be watching her and looking at her. Is that true, brother? Maybe if they got Wi-Fi, I don't know. And, and he just gets excited and a big smile on his face. And, and you can say all day long, she's not in Edmonton. She's not in Edmonton. She's in Philippines. And he's got it right there on the screen. It's because technology has brought that right into the room. And Brother Branham was trying to show us the spiritual part. That if that's true in the natural, what about the spiritual? There's angelic voices in this room right now. There's the perfect will of God in this room right now. Healing is in this room. God is in this room. Do we believe it? Are we? Well, I don't know why you're so excited. Get under enthusiasm. I mean, let the Holy Spirit just cause something. When you start looking at it, it's almost like it starts moving. It's like, wow, that's incredible. Make it more real to me. If not, either you don't have a crystal in your heart, you don't have a connection, or it's gotten so clouded over with all kinds of unbelief, and you need to stop that nonsense. And you need to start manifesting the real attributes and notes of God so that finally at the end of it all, you can kind of see that thumbs up up there and you say, glory to God. Praise his name. Let's be a church of enthusiasm. 
Can we go back to the slides? I had to read Second Chronicles. Sister Leanne and Brother Harold and us were speaking about that in the car, about medicine and the balance about physicians and things. So here we are tonight speaking about waiting. It means I am near. I'm sitting near. I, I want to be where the action is. I'm attending diligently. I'm being industrious about this. This is just what it means. I'm attentively, tirelessly. I'm in attendance upon this, and I'm not going to quit. Hallelujah. Even if he calls me a dog. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, the dogs, you know, they eat the crumbs from the master's table. And some people today, they call me a dog. Somebody else says, praise God, I got the crumbs from the master's table. Same, same words, same presence. It's just our attitude. Maybe some of us need a major attitude adjustment. It's like, woo, hallelujah. You're looking at the same thing. You're going to go to the same house, same car, same school next week. Next year. <laughs> but it's just your attitude. And you hear Jesus, and he says, My, but they eat the crumbs from the master's table. And you're so quick. Oh, then they, I call me a dog. After all I've done, and get an attitude. And you don't get nothing. Somebody else is just listening. They're attentive, they're just watching. Something's coming, something's being said, a song is being sung. Well, if it's not for you, I don't really appreciate that. Maybe it's for somebody else. Or maybe the next song. Maybe the next quote. You're just watching for some crumb to fall down. And you run over and get that. You say, praise God. I'm able to be around the word of God. And Edmonton is waiting with enthusiasm. I mean, some of your pet animals are more enthusiastic God, God help us. A, a dog doesn't have a soul. Is that right? A cat don't have a soul. Yeah, they'll, 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 wet, they'll start wetting you. Oh, 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 they're, they're just so excited. You're finally home from church. Must have been Brother John preaching. It's so long. And, whoa, whoa, whoa. and you're just, yeah, praise God. We finally made it out of there. And you're just hugging and kissing and all of that. And I better move along, right, Brother Caleb? Speaking about waiting, kind of like speaking in this way. You're just steadfast. You're settled. I'm firm. I'm immovable. I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for someone. With an added notion of patience and trust. This is a whole nother message. But I wonder how many of us really trust the Lord. Do we really trust the Lord? I mean, there might come a time, and it might be this year, when it's not your medical card that's going to get you out of your trouble. You might need to speak it. Amen. Missing limbs come out. A mother have trouble and her little son or daughter is having spasms and having some sort of a fit. And you're, oh, oh, what are we going to do? And just lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
It happened on Boxing Day. One of our little nephews, you know, little boy running around his ears, ears, just so hurting him. We just laid hands on him. I think he's about five years old. You know, let Uncle John pray. And my little, uh, you know, almost two-year-old, he said, let's pray. Let's pray. So we prayed, and his ear got better. Hallelujah. He's running around playing, then pretty soon it's the other ear. It's like, you devil. Let's go. Let's pray. Let's pray. Titus, come on over. We'll pray. Lord, help his ear. I'm being streamed here. I got to be careful. And, and you just say, help his ear, Lord. Strengthen him. And God touches him. Yes. Praise the Lord. I mean, I believe in medicine. My wonderful daughter-in-law gave him a, something. And the next day we text, how so-and-so? How's the little boys? They're being better. Praise the Lord, and God gets the glory. Not Brother John, not little boy Titus. It's just the Lord. How many would say, God, help us to wait on you, Lord? We've got, be more careful. Be watchful. Be mindful. Follow wise counsel. Don't always be looking for the most dramatic and something that's moving and exciting and swiping. Wait on the Lord. What did you say? Who? Wait on the Lord. He's eternal. He has a lot of time. Just has a lot of time. Brother Branham hasn't been gone, but just a few little moments in God's time. Respond to the Lord without hesitation. Do you believe in that? Stop being a person that always waits, waits, waits. When God talks to you, you respond to that. I understand what I'm saying seems opposite. But when God talks to you, respond. But that does not mean that we get impatient and we don't wait on the Lord. Edmonton is waiting. We're waiting. Why are you delaying, Lord? We're waiting. How are you waiting? What are you doing in the time of the waiting? I'm just talking to you. In Jeffersonville, Brother Branham said, as I have passed for the past 50 years, I'd wake up of a morning, you know how it is. You can't hardly get that one foot out of the bed. My, you can't hardly do it. And somebody at the door knocking or Billy telling me there's an emergency. Somewhere I've got to go and I think, how can I do it? Some of you thought the same thing. How do I do it? How can I do it? Try to put one foot out. I think, thou art the fountain filled with my strength. Amen. My strength and my help cometh from the Lord. I pray this year God inspire our ministers to say things that we need to hear right at the moment we need it. My strength and my help cometh from the Lord. Amen. Thou, this is broken cisterns, thou art my artesian well. Thou art my youth. Hallelujah. It's not somewhere in Florida. He's the fountain of our youth. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like an eagle. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lord God, this is my duty to go. I'm called to the post of duty. And the first thing you know, something begins to gurgle up inside of me. Just in the last 30 seconds, I gave you a real key. Speak the word. You go from not wanting to get out of bed to can't hardly move a foot and wondering how you're going to do it to finally you start confessing the word, speaking the word, talking to the Lord, praying, reading your Bible, quoting scripture. All of a sudden it's like, wow, it's my duty to go. I'm called to the post of duty. And the first thing you know, something begins to gurgle up inside of me. Let's stop the service right now. Pray that God would start that gurgling up inside of us. Just gurgle up, Lord. Oh, well, spring up. The Lord can create the desire. He can create that need. He can create the situation. We serve a creator, don't we? If he's, if he's a liar, you might as well eat, drink, and be merry and go out in the world somewhere. Go watch some Star Wars movie that will give you epilepsy, cause you to go crazy, cause you to hate your wife and want to kill your husband. I'm talking about the Word tonight. I'm talking about the Word. It ought to be like enthusiasm, something passionate, something exciting. Hallelujah. The Lord is our strength. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. We just got a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Just a few more minutes. You got some time. Romans chapter 12 now. Romans chapter 12 verse 4. Teaching's good. It settles us down. This year, Romans 12 verse 4, it's good to just say, Lord, I want to be more available. I want to be accessible. I want to offer up myself and present myself. I'm waiting upon the Lord. Here it is in Romans 12 verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, let's all say we, being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Having then gifts that are all the same, and we think the same, and we do the same, and we're all the same. Is that what the Bible says? No, Paul was telling us that our gifts are differing. I'm giving you some marriage counsel, family counsel, church counsel, just in a few minutes. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the pro- proportion of faith. Verse 7, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Can I just go a little further? Or if you're a housewife, wait and study on how to be a better housewife. If you're a father, then it's not always running around with your buddies. You're a father, you're a husband. Wait on that. Learn. You can do better. Do you all remember the time around Christmas that it was all snowy? And the man was going 
from one party to the next, drinking alcohol. He'd go to this party, drink alcohol. Go to this one, drink more alcohol. Go to this one. And finally, you know, he comes to the inn and he's trying to go home and he's just staggering all over the place. He's just going all over the place. He can't even walk in a straight line. And Brother Branham said he had a seven-year-old boy, seven-year-old boy behind him. He looked behind him, and this young man is just going all over the place. He is all, oh, he can't even walk straight. He's just going all over the place. He says, what are you doing? Why are you walking like that? He said, Daddy, I'm trying to walk in your footsteps. And Brother Branham is saying, we influence our children. It's in the message, influence. It's coming to me now. He said, we set the pace for our children. So sometimes you look back. We can look back over 2019, and it's not bad all the time to recognize areas where you're just going all over the place. And you wonder why things are just going all over. And you look back and say, why are you doing that? Why are you just going all over the place? Walk straight. Let's go, buddy. And some of you would give your little boy spanking and say, come on, you stay up with daddy. You stay up and walk straight. Well, no, daddy, you've been to party after party. Now you're staggering under the influence all going all over the place. I'm just trying to walk in your footsteps. Now, don't all of you get all ashamed and embarrassed. We've all been guilty. We just need to say from that moment, I'm not going to drink no more. I'm not going to let that happen no more. Satan, that we're done. You sow to the wind, you get a whirlwind, you say, how did, this, how did this thing be? How did this come upon us? We're in the message where you sowed to the wind. And Satan got in it, and he caused the whirlwind. It's time to speak to the storm, get under the anointing of the word. That's not the time to leave the message. Leave your wife. Leave your children. It's not. You need to ask God for forgiveness, humble yourself, and start walking straight. I'll just give another testimony. I think I did years ago, but it was a deacon's wife at the time, and she called me. I was preaching in Seattle, and she called me. It was late at night, and she's just having headaches and pain and suffering, and you know, and she's... And she told me that she had just quit drinking coffee. She drank a lot of coffee. And she just went off of it like cold turkey, just like that. I said, don't you realize you're going through withdrawals? You can't just stop it like that. It's like a drug. Say, I do not drink very much coffee, Brother John. Okay, go off of it for 30 days. And we'll see how addicted. I am not addicted. I am not addicted. I am not on my phone all the time. I am not on my phone all the time. Well, just install an app that tracks your time. You'll find out it's two hours, three hours, and you look at that. You just need to be honest and say, I'm on my phone too much. You're always looking, always monitoring, always watching, always this. And friends, if you put that much time in the Word, we'd be powerhouses. I mean, they that wait upon Apple... They that wait upon their Android. I mean, it sounds funny, but it, that's an antichrist spirit. It's, 
And don't you think that Satan isn't the author of the Apple logo being a, with a bite out of it? And it wasn't an apple in the garden. It was sex. And you wonder why people are getting perverted and caught up in all that. What have they been feeding on? Ooh, we bet, how did that come into the service? Say, some big mystery and secret and casting demons off of that poor sister, Brother John. No, it's just reality. You can't go off coffee like that. You need to drink more water. Oh, my. Maybe we better move along, you know. If I was reading a quote of Brother Branham, you'd hear, amen, brother. And then sometimes it comes down to our basic living. We, oh, yeah, where is he coming from there? And friends, it's just sometimes basic living. We need to go back to realities. On ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. We'll read the next verse. Verse 8. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. Or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Brother John, I bought my wife a present for Christmas. It was $1,832.48. God bless you, brother. I hope that you have that money somewhere. She might just want a little bit of time. I gave my wife the link to stream tonight. God bless her heart if she's streaming. But sometimes that 1840 and I didn't buy her that kind of a present, sometimes a little bit of love, is she, attention, is worth more than $1,842.37, you know, that you don't have the money for anyway. And it causes more stress and trouble. Come January, everybody, joy to the world, swipe, swipe, and it's like, and January, it's like, oh, Lord, help us, and... By about January 21st, 25th, that's when the ministry need to start preaching on things like that because everybody's getting their v credit card statements. It's like, how's this going to happen? And their eyes are already going sideways. And she's coming in here sitting like this. And he's like, you know, way, way down there. And it's like, oh, Lord. It's what you did in December. It's a great revelation. Don't do that next year. I'm not a marriage counselor or just trying to preach the gospel. Just do it with simplicity. And if you rule, do it with diligence. If you show mercy, be happy about it or put a smile on your face. That's what the Bible says. With diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Say, I gave mercy to the brother. Bless God, I forgave him. I gave him three pieces of my mind. We didn't want your mind. Just say, I forgive you, brother, and move along. We, we, we turn our young people into Catholics if we're not careful. They just say, you're a bunch of phony people. No, 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 no. It ought not to be that way. God didn't treat you that way. You need to stop treating others that way. Just say, I forgive you and move along, you know. Yeah. They that wait upon the Lord, in verse 7, Brother Mark, or our ministry, let us wait on our ministering. That means I'm diligently, I'm industrious, I'm watching I'm tirelessly just waiting with patience and trust, being steadfast, unmovable. I'm being sensitive. I want to be more flexible. As we come down now to just a few more slides I wanted to show you on the screen. Can I ask you tonight to wait? 
at 12.20 tomorrow, I'm supposed to fly back home. But you're still going to be here. I'm asking you tonight to wait. I'm asking you, do you have it in the reservoir of your heart and in your character and in your life right now to wait? I'm being serious. Or are you going to just keep blasting through life and do it your way? Your time. My schedule. My thoughts. My feelings. I'll just be honest with you today. Not a lot of people are willing to wait. And I just say, God help us. We can be under the best ministry, hear the wonderful sermons that you hear, as I've already said, conventions, special speakers, all kinds of things. But Lord, teach us how to wait. I, I know years gone by, we've had services for the little children and we've called them forward. But tonight I want to mention this about quietness. We've talked about it a little bit and I'll just put it on the screen because I'm just moving through this a little bit. Let's find a place of quietness more. This is waiting on the Lord. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Ecclesiastes says, better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. To be able to live in a place of quietness and waiting on the Lord in enthusiasm means there has to be some time of silence in your life. In Isaiah 30, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And ye would not. God help us. He goes on to say in chapter 32, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness quietness and assurance forever. You know what? We need to do more practicing. Instead of hearing the word only, doing the word. Instead of just hearing and saying amen, we need to say, God, I need to wait upon you and I need to let this become practical, outworking in our lives. Teach us how to wait, Lord. Blessed is the man, the Bible says. I was going to have Brother Marshall read some of these scriptures, but I need to move down to what I wanted to close with. And I think three years ago or so, I came and shared some of this with you about living in the eye of the storm. Does anybody remember that three years ago? This is actually, can you just dim the lights, Brother Dole, maybe? This is the eye of a hurricane. This is in the center of the eye of a hurricane. Right here, you're looking up through the middle of a hurricane. Incredible. And this is what I pray for every single person here. And instead of closing the service, having all the little children come, let's just enjoy some of this together. Because this is the enthusiasm of God, remember. is to be able to strike something and speak now and, and I'm just going to move through some of this. I'm coming into this thought of the living in the eye of the storm. And I just have some of these comments about the eye of the storm. It can be 30 to 65 kilometers across in diameter of, in the eye of a storm. And it's surrounded in the eye. Here you can see it right here. Can you all see that? 
swirling around is a tower of thunderstorms where the most severe weather is right around the eye. The place of rest and quietness. And right around that spot is where it's most severe, horrible, thunderstorms. And all you need to do is just keep moving forward and you'll break out into the eye. Just incredible. Here you can see the picture of a hurricane structure. And this is the eye of this. And here you can see the spiral rain clouds. Some going counterclockwise, some going against. And then you wonder why things in your life are going opposite and against. That's the thunderstorms. This is, this is the United States. This is Florida and this is the United States, the Great Lakes here. This is Brother Danny Steeman lives right in here. This is the Gulf of Mexico where a lot of these hurricanes come right up through here. You can see the effects of a storm, but here's the eye of the storm. You can have huge, incredible winds and rain and just tornado type of winds and then phew, it gets eerie. It just gets quiet. Just gets calm. That's the eye. And then what happens is it, it continues to move. Then it hits again. And you're, you're, you're saying, I'm hanging on. I'm pressing in. But there's just during that eye now. And they have these airplanes that fly through the hurricanes. And this one was Hurricane George where it was a Category 4 storm. And inside of the edge of that eye wall, you can see now where they burst. And, and I think I, I've spoke on this more in detail three years ago. But it was like these, these planes and, and the people inside of the planes, they're trained for this. And they're trained to go through the hurricane and everything's shaking and shaking and moving and moving. Then all of a sudden, they'll come out where it's sunny and beautiful. It's like, Wow. Now, I'm going to ask you spiritually tonight, who, would, who wants to live in the eye of the storm? Where everything's restful, where God is in control. Here you can see it again. I'm not going to get scientific, but here you can see how everything is twirling and, and the low pressure and the high pressure and the direction of things start turning. And then it goes opposite. Just like our spiritual lives. But in the middle, it's totally different. You can just see these pictures that were taken from an airplane. What it looks like, the sun's shining. Everything's right. Everything's good. Living in the eye of the storm. How many know you are the apple of his eye? In other words, you're the center. You are his world. You are the enthusiasm of God. When you finally start getting it, God just has a runaway. Glory, do you see them down there? They're catching it. Oh, and, you, and some of you thought God just up there, some guy, you know, ready to beat you over the head. No, no, he, he loves it. Just, wow, they, they're getting it. They're growing. They're maturing. and They're finally catching it. What they've heard all these years. Look at their actions and their words. And when they put it under the blood, it's like they never did it in the first place. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. He believes his own word. Look at that. Right in the middle of all of this chaos, 
It's the peace. And they measure all the barometric pressure and things living in the eye of the storm. Just incredible. And as we close tonight, this enthusiasm of God, of this masterpiece, you can raise the lights. I thought of end time message tabernacle. This is what makes God happy. This is what fulfills God. This gives God the greatest sense of satisfaction. Thank you, Jesus. Just a few weeks ago, we went on a little holiday with our family. We call it our happy place. We went there so many times. Our children, we've took them there. Then when they start getting married, then they take their wives there for their honeymoon. They just love the place. We say, let's all go back there. It's because it's a place of rest. Not a lot of people. But while I was away and I was thinking, and we're just climaxing the service now, I just begin to think about over the years, looking back over the years, the greatest anchor of our lives has been the Word of God. It hasn't been people. It's not a church. It's not a person. When you look back over the years about what brought you through, it wasn't a certain friend or family or a spouse. It's not a certain song that you say, oh, that song just brought me through, brother. No, it was the Word of God. And tonight, I just want to speak to you prophetically. What's going to carry all of us through is nothing but the Word of God. Grab a hold of the Word. Let it be the anchor of your life. Let it be a tie post. It's not your emotions. It's, you know, as men and women, we come to changes of life. We come to cycles and we come to certain pauses and seasons and things change for all of us. Stay anchored in Christ. Things come, things go. Over the last year, in some senses, it's been almost like hell uh, And sometimes. And other times, it just seems like you're living in the eye of the storm, like God's blessing and the sun is shining. And then, like it is with all families, when it rains, it pours. And it's like, wow, I didn't expect that. I didn't, I didn't wake up and put that on the order, what I wanted before 10 o'clock. Did I really need to hear that? But let me encourage every person here tonight. Let the Holy Spirit continue to talk to you at End Time Message Tabernacle. Let these be more than sermons. Let them be the heart of God being projected to you. I I don't know if I'll see your face again. But I'm just reading from the prophet in prayer. He said, Lamb of God, come into our midst tonight in the power of thy resurrection. He said this in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Give us rapturing faith tonight. Give us great faith and love and joy unspeakable and full of glory. And now, Father, we thank thee for the opportunity that we have to be back in the blessed old. And he speaks about the church he was in and brother and sister Reed, R-E-E-D, and all these lovely saints of yours. We thank Thee for the grace that's kept us. Oh, at the trials and the heartaches and the shaking times and down through the shadows and through the cold spells, 
But here we are gathered tonight after seven years still in love with Jesus. And I wonder tonight if you would say, Lord, let that be my life story. That after five years, seven, ten, twenty, forty, hundred years, if the Lord tarry, it's been the grace of God that's kept us safe thus far. It'll take us on. We're willing to trust it to go on. How many is willing tonight? Stand to your feet if you say, God, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm putting my hand in your hand. I want to wait upon the Lord. Give me some enthusiasm. Give me the Spirit of God. Give me love in my heart, Lord Jesus. Let it be personal. Let it be the Holy Spirit. Let it be the Word striking some seed down there on the inside. Even if it's the close of Sunday night. But finally, God looks at it all and He says, Speak! Whether you're in the nursery or the balcony or down below or streaming on the internet, let it be the heart of God saying, I have faith in you. I'm excited about you. I look forward to the new year, 2020, not with a bunch of hesitation and fear. The Lord Jesus is trying to commit uh, comfort and edifying you into your heart tonight. I hope you felt it that way as we bow our heads together. How many would just thank him for the grace that he's given to you? That's kept us all through the trials, through the heartaches, through the shaking times, through the shadows, through the cold spells. Here we are gathered tonight after all these years, still in love with Jesus. How many would say, Lord, put that love in my heart, God. I have failed you in any way. I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm asking, I'm repenting of my sins. Publicly, I'm declaring if I've been wrong. or I need help from the Lord. Don't be ashamed to, to just declare that in the house of God. Let it be like a hospital. Let it be like a place. You can say, I'm in pain or I'm in suffering. That's what church is all about. It's not keeping your suit all in order, your hair all in order. It's letting the Lord Jesus. God bless you from the front to the back, all of you. Just say, God, put that love in my heart more, Lord. Put more of a feeling back in my Christian life, God. I don't want to go another Sunday, another week, another year without the Lord Jesus. Let's keep our heads bowed. Let's just let the Lord wave through the service before we go and just say, oh God, what would your calling be for our lives now? What do you want of us? Let it be, Lord, that I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Forgive me if I've been impatient. Say, Brother John, you preached for a little while and so many things are just exactly what... I feel so condemned or maybe you just feel so dirty but tonight you like to say God put something in my heart that would fill me with the Holy Ghost right here while I stand heal my land heal my words heal the atmosphere so that when others walk into the sanctuary they can sense something's different about these people Something different about these people.
God, give me a better attitude, Jesus. I start, if my attitude's been wrong, I've been looking at it totally opposite. And you're always contrary. You're always different. You're always trying to see some opposite thing. And there's not any victory in that. There's not any deliverance. Why don't you present yourself right now? Present yourself. God, tear off this wrapping. Tear off this exterior. There's got to be a gift down here somewhere that would bring glory to God, that would bring praise to God, that would bring joy to His face, Lord Jesus. Put vitamins in our church. Put spiritual vitamins down inside of us as believers, God. Make us stronger. Put calcium in our bones. Brother Branham said vitamin B, complex for the nerves. God's whole medicine cabinet was dropped into it. If it was all in a bottle and in, in a bottle, he opened it at Calvary. So through Calvary, we can nourish back any redeemed blessings that Jesus died for. A spear representing sin for our place. Speared his side through his feet and his hands and his head. Through the bleeding forth of his life, we nourish back to life again. All that we lost in the fall back yonder, God has provided a way for us. God's provided a way of escape. Do you want that way tonight? I'm I'm asking you as we close the meeting now, who would want that way? Come through the eye tonight. Come through the eye of the storm. Let the Holy Spirit just energize the engines of your heart to move up into that eye part, into that place of quietness and rest. Leave the chaos. Leave the torment. Leave the trouble and the depression and the suicidal thoughts and all the feelings of lower. Just let the Lord Jesus come into your life. Oh, Jesus, you've taken of the lowest of men and women, drunkards and alcoholics, and straightening us out and cleaning us up and make a gentleman and lady out of us. That's our God. Amen. He takes situations that are out of control, and he puts them back into control by the Word of God. Who would say, oh God, I need that, Lord Jesus. And I don't want to just be a Christian. I want to be an instrument and someone that you can use to help somebody else. I want to be a channel this year so somebody else that's in trouble can be delivered, can be helped. I want to be an oasis. I want to be a place. Heavenly Father, so many hands were lifted up. So many heads are being nodded in assurance and agreeing. That's our God. In quietness we wait. In silence now and in a softness, we just open up our hearts as you are teaching us how to wait on you, God. Let us wait upon the Lord in prayer. Just stay in neutral now, God, that the glory of God could just come down and flow through us, Lord taking out of us things that are wrong, taking things out that are unclean. Oh, Jesus, give us a new vision and a new hold and let us look through your eyes. Give us a vision. Give us a vision. Out of this rock, 
Out of this dirt and sand can come an image of the Lord Jesus Christ. A masterpiece. A masterpiece for the Lord Jesus. We present ourselves with our flaws, with our mistakes, with our failures. Forgive us, Lord, and make this flaw become a masterpiece in the hands of Almighty God. Sweep over our souls. Sweep over our spirits. Sweep over our bodies as this church is closing. But I pray the great healer and the great physician that we read about in Chronicles, may we turn our eyes toward the great physician. Our help cometh from the Lord. Let us turn our eyes toward the healer before we turn to other things. Turn our eyes upon Jesus. Let's sing that. Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Sing with enthusiasm. Look full in his wonderful song, Teach Me, Lord, to Wait, Down on Our Knees. Mm. Oh, teach me, Lord, to
In Spinedale, North Carolina, Brother Branham said, now we have chiropractic. The medical doctor condemns the chiropractor, and the chiropractor condemns the medical doctor. Osteopath, they condemn both, and all of them together condemn divine healing. But you know what I'm thinking? The osteopath does a lot of good things, and the chiropractor does too, and the medicine does also, surgery does also. Even a medical doctor sometimes condemn a surgeon. The surgeon condemn a medical doctor. He said, what's the matter? Forgive me, doctor, whoever you are. I don't mean to insult you, but I'm only making a statement before people. We need you, and we need one another. It looks to me like, he goes on to say, it looks to me like anyone that would condemn anything that would help anyone, it's a selfish motive. There's something wrong with the person. If we just all forget that, osteopath, chiropractic, medical, doctor, surgeons, ministers, and all work together, to try to help our fellow man to make life a little better for them, to make their journey a little more pleasant, I think God would be more pleased with all of us. Don't you think so? So if our motives are right, 
I'm quoting. And our hearts are right with God. We're trying to do everything we can to help make life a little more blessed. To help make life a little more blessed for each other. Have you been blessed today? Have you been encouraged today? This is God's way of healing. Hallelujah. And if that ain't enough, that was April the 20th. The very next night, he picks it up again. It was like it was on his heart. Paragraph 5, right away. It was like, uh, you know, I didn't finish what I said last night. But last night, I was talking about medical science. Chiropractic, osteopathic, and whatever more. Surgery, medical science, and all those things. And if they didn't fight one another, now he's like adding. If they wouldn't fight one another, if they'd all tried to work together, what a great help it would be. These are just lessons for all of us like housewives, dads, moms, children, deacons, trustees, musicians, ministry. If a doctor, seeing that the chiropractor could help him, then they'd be buddies together. And the chiropractor could see it's past his putting a bone or setting a bone or whatever it is, he said. Then the osteopath would find out that his muscular conditions couldn't be relieved, that he'd have to have an operation and send him to a surgeon. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be the way we should be, he said. And now that's for the medical association now, for the ministers. Man, he was just pouring it on. Whatever we are, we ought to be the same. Lord, heal your people. Heal our land. Touch us, Lord Jesus. God is the healer. Soul, spirit, and body. Let's just come underneath that fountain right now. Let's. Okay, we've prayed for ourselves. I wonder if we can just lay hands on one another now. If you're near a brother, brother, sister, sister, pray for one another. Pray often. That's good, brother. Just get out of yourself and as our musicians play and we just sing this song now, but let's pray one for the other, as I said earlier. Can we pray for one another that God would help us to get out of the way more and wait on the Lord and then you would see the power of the Holy Spirit demonstrating through the church. Satan would be powerless because the body has now operated as a body and not as little individual satellites. But now they've waited on their ministry. They've waited on themselves. And now we're waiting on one another. Why are you not closing the service, Brother John? We are waiting on one another. I am waiting on my brother. I'm waiting on my sister. I'm waiting for God to do something. Heavenly Father, we're praying for one another right now. According to the Scripture, Lord, we are commanded to pray one for the other. And so much more as we see the day approaching to gather ourselves together because I believe, oh God, that even as, as science has proven, when one lays hands on somebody else, there's a literal light that is being transferred. Oh God, let healing flow. Let the presence of God flow. Let love flow. Let deliverance flow. 
Let revelation and wisdom and the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge and the gifts begin to flow at End Time Message Tabernacle. As Brother Branham did not come to do away with the gifts, but he put them in order. And it was Christmas Boxing Day, December the 26th, that he brought church order. Right around this time of the year, you were putting the gifts in order. Oh God, let it be in 2019 that this bride here in Edmonton could say, Lord, we wait upon you. We lay hands on my brother. We lay hands on my sister. We agree, Lord. We agree, Lord, that we shall go forward with a greater capacity, a greater movement of the Holy Spirit in a greater way that God would move among us, Lord Jesus, that our children would see us walking in a straight line, that they would sense the atmosphere and love of God. And men and women that are senior and elders have learned to humble themselves. Oh, Jesus, I pray that all the anxieties would leave, all the heartache and pain that has happened, that you would send the balm of Gilead, the balm of Edmonton. The great physician now is near to bring a healing to that sister, to that brother, to that young person, to that older one. Oh, Jesus, if someone has lost their way, restore their mind. Restore their mind. Bring their spirit back to them, Lord, from across the river. In the name of Jesus Christ, may someone speak a right word or say the right thing or let there be actions this coming days and year that would show our love and our faith and the gifts that we present. Oh, God, the time we give and our efforts would not be in vain, but it would be from hearts of humility and honesty and hearts that we would see the third pool operating among us. When the squeeze comes down, watch the third pool then. Oh, Jesus, we live in a time of squeeze. We live in a time of pressure. I pray the Holy Ghost would break up, Lord, that third pool anointing that men and women and older and young and little boys and girls would sense the Holy Ghost moving in the body, moving in how we need one another so desperately at these times. We love you, Jesus. We welcome your appearing. With enthusiasm, with joy, we welcome your returning. Oh, Jesus, keep us true and faithful. Let us follow along and continue in the faith. Oh, Jesus, Lord, keep us from cold spells and things that Satan would love to shake us off. Give us more seriousness and sobriety. Let us come of age. Let us come to maturity. And this we will do because God was permitting us to do. We are going on to perfection. We are going on to perfection. It's not a sinless perfection. It's a recognition of who we are. Of who we are. It's the bride of Jesus Christ. Let us go on to perfection. And this we are doing because God is permitting us to do. Oh, Jesus, let this coming year, if you would tarry this week, Lord, and the dead in Christ would not rise, we would be changed. If you would keep us, 
Lord, may the anointing of God stay on our... Stay with us, Lord Jesus. Stay with us, oh God. Don't ever leave us. Don't ever forsake us. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Now let's all turn back into our seats and begin to worship the Lord and thank the Lord and begin to give him praises and thank him for what he's already done. Thank him for what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost put something down like a little spade down in your heart and start another wing. Let him start another addition. Let him start another capacity. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let it be, Lord. Let it be, Lord. Start a new thing in us, Lord. Move within our lives. Move within our nerves and our muscles and our bones. Move within us, oh God. Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all begin to thank the Lord right now. Thank the Lord. Go rejoicing. Go thanking him. Everything's going to be all right, sister. Everything's under God's control, brother. Just go thanking him. Go confessing it right now. Hallelujah, right there where you're at. Hallelujah, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Hallelujah. God can work on your behalf. God works through our praises. God works through our thanksgivings. Open up your mouth and begin to just speak it out there. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, I love you, Lord. I want to love you more. Increase the volume. Increase my size. Increase my capacity, Lord. Hallelujah. May gifts that have never even operated in this church begin to operate now with maturity. At this time, at this season, just begin to move out there and step out there and step forward and begin to move out under that divine impulse, that divine pulsation, that pulsation. Work with that pulsation. Work with that supernatural. Work under that faith. Work under that word. I challenge you tonight as you go home, just ask the Lord, what do you mean by these things? What did you mean by these services? Does it have anything to do with us, Lord? I thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I praise you for visiting us, speaking these things so plainly, Lord, that we can understand the day and the season and the time, and these brothers now can carry it on. Brother, Brother Ed, Brother Harold, Brother Andrew, Brother Moses, and all the others that come through, let them be anointed with, Thus saith the Lord. And not their own thoughts and not their own enthusiasm and not their own, but let us hear from the heart of God. And it puts a greater responsibility on all of us. Puts a greater burden on us. Puts a greater calling on us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Surely there's another song, Brother Perizot, you have something you'd like to sing. Something you like to sing with us a little bit, and then we'll have brother, brothers come and close the meeting. Just something you have on your heart, Lord. Something that everybody knows. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm giving way to the gifts. Oh, Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, what a friend. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, what, what a friend. Walks beside me. 
Beside me to 